Welcome to Inspiration Rising. I'm your host, David Trotter, and we're here to inspire you to rise up in your life, love, and leadership. Hey, before I introduce today's guest, I want to invite you to follow us on your favorite social media platform. It's probably Facebook or Instagram, all right? Let's be honest. You can search Inspiration Rising or use our username, which is Inspo Rising, I-N-S-P-O-R-I-S-I-N-G, Inspo Rising. We post the latest podcast as soon as it comes out, and we post quotes and video clips from the previous episodes. So search for Inspiration Rising and join the conversation. Today, I want to introduce you to Mike Sherbakov, the founder and CEO of The Greatness Foundation, which provides the resources for individuals and organizations to positively impact the world's social and environmental challenges. It's basically a community of people around the globe that are doing amazing, great things. Now, they're located, he's located, I should say, in the San Diego area. So a lot of their local gatherings happen there, and they take a lot of trips to Mexico to do great things. Mike holds degrees in kinesiology and psychology, along with advanced certifications in fitness, nutrition, mindfulness, and yoga. And frankly, I'm not sure he could be any better looking or more in shape. My goodness, what the heck? This guy is like an animal. He's out of control. Not only does he lead the Greatness Foundation, but he consults with innovative startups and collaborates with companies like Fitbit, Lululemon, and Equinox. Now, in this episode, you're going to learn how Mike started the Greatness Foundation after a life-changing trip to Mexico, the ways that the Greatness community serves on Mexico trips and gatherings in San Diego, and what it looks like to live a great life. Also, thank you to listener Katie Ward for introducing us to Mike. Super thankful when listeners are looking out for us and make great introductions to awesome guests. So let's jump into my conversation with Mike Sherbakov. Mike, thanks so much for taking time to hang with us today. David, grateful to be here. Thank you. Yeah. Tell us, what is the Greatness Foundation and why did you start it? So the Greatness Foundation is a global community creating a better world. And the reason I started it actually is a, a weekend that changed my life about seven years ago. And I was driving in a van coming back from Mexico and I just started crying my eyes out. And what had happened over the previous, the two days leading up to that is we left on a Friday morning, 7 a.m. from San Diego. We went down to Mexico, this town called Maniadero, where families are living on dirt. They have pallets for walls and a tarp for a roof. And in two and a half days, a group of us built a home for this family. And on Sunday, we dedicated the home. The family walked in for the first time. And I was, I was having an experience, and it didn't really hit me until this drive home. And so I'm sitting in the van and I'm crying my eyes out and I'm, I, I have this realization. I, I didn't know why I was so emotional, but I just knew that I needed to incorporate more of that in my life. It made me question everything. It made me question how I had spent my weekends in all the years leading up to that. It made me question of what I was spending my time doing, the kind of people I was spending my time with. And so I come back to San Diego after this experience and I just start putting a message out and saying, hey, I am committed to doing another project like this. Who wants to come with me? And one by one, people started signing up. And you know, fast forward seven years, one person at a time, we've grown to a community of about 70,000 people 
um, who we've taken over a thousand people down to Mexico with us. We started doing our own house builds. We do those every few months. And now this community has just grown from a desire to connect with people who are passionate about working on themselves, who are passionate about making a difference, who are passionate about creating things that matter. Um, and that's really how the, the community has, has grown. We started as a community first, and then we built a bit of a business model around it and behind the community. So this is seven years ago. And uh, are you, you're driving back by yourself? Like, are people seeing you crying? Or you know what I mean? Take me into that moment. What's Are you, are you having conversation with people? Or are you alone? I'm alone. I, I, I'm an INTJ, uh, massive introvert. <laughs> you too? I'm an INTJ as well. Oh, awesome. Oh, All right. That's, that's, why, that's why we connect so well. Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of people see, you know, now that we've built this community and, you know, it's, it's interesting we're having this conversation because tomorrow morning we leave on another project uh, down in Mexico. We're taking 60 people down with us. So people, I think, see me, at, whether I'm speaking or an event uh, or a weekend, and they think, oh my gosh, he must be an extrovert. And the reality is I spend, I mean, I recharge when I'm alone. I love just reading, thinking, having time to myself. And so uh, I remember exactly where I was sitting. I was in a van. The director of the our partner organization was driving and I was right behind her um, sitting in the van. And no, total introspection. Just I think he, I even had my headphones in and I was looking out the window and just thinking about the weekend and going, again, the same, the, those thoughts of, how do I want to spend my time? Who do I want to surround myself with? What, what, what kind of legacy and impact do I want to leave behind? So it was a very introspective process. And I, I still do that all the time, constantly through yoga, through meditation, and always a bit of a reflective practice. I, I had a super similar experience, but it was 2004 coming back from India. I had taken a team over to India to visit a, you know, an organization and do things. And I, I just, I wasn't the same. You know, it literally just changed my life. I, it literally was also two weeks of trying to decompress from all that I had seen and done. And so I, I resonate with that. So how soon afterwards, I assume you were working in a job or something and you started rallying people. Help me, you know, see the process of the Greatness Foundation coming to fruition. Yeah, well, I think an important bit of a backstory is up until that point, I, I had checked a lot of the boxes. And what I mean by that is I, I had spent five years on active duty in the Marines. I joined the Marines directly out of high school. Right after I finished the Marines, I uh, did my undergrad in kinesiology and psychology. And I had started my first business, which was a fitness company because it's kind of what I knew. And my primary goal was revenue. I just knew I wanted to make an X amount and in order to support my son and, and living here in San Diego. And I hit that goal. I'm one of those people, like if I set a goal, I'm just going to do it. Yes, it was nice making a difference and helping people through the company, but really it was, it was revenue driven. So up until this point, I, you know, check, check, check. I've kind of done it. I'm, I have this successful business. I have, I have these things in life. And yet this emotional experience is happening because I need more of that in my life. So what I ended up doing is selling that business to the, the first person I hired. It gave me a little bit of a runway. And I started to think about, well, how do I now incorporate more of that? How do I um, start to blend? And this is why I'm really passionate about entrepreneurship. How do I start to blend um, this idea of making a difference and making an impact while at the same time generating revenue and making an income doing it? And so that, that's the world I've really fallen in love with is where those two things meet of income and impact. 
So it's been certainly a, a gradual journey. As soon as I got back from Mexico to answer your question directly, I put the message out that day. And three months later, I took my first group down to Mexico. To be honest, one of the things that surprised me, David, is and I kind of had to get used to it and not take it personally anymore. A lot of people say, yeah, yeah, sign me up next, you know, me, me, me. And people are raising their hand. Less than 10% of the people that actually say they're going to do it actually come just like you went on this India trip. I don't know how many people told you, yeah, I'm going to do it. And compared to how many actually did. So we still deal with that, of course. But what I realized is I just wanted to surround myself with people. I wanted to create a a community of people who are actually going to do it, not just raise their hand and say, yeah, next time one day, but actually making it happen. So three months later, we went down. I didn't even have enough people signed up. So I had to fund the rest of it myself. And then, um, of course, the thoughts come up of, is this sustainable? Can I keep doing this? But I just said, you know what? I'm, I'm committed to this. I know this is my path. That's what I'm meant to do. And then after about the second or third one, now all of a sudden we gain momentum where at this point now in 2019, you know, we're filling these things up months in advance. And the cost of the person signing up for this, I assume it's a, like a two and a half, three day trip is X amount. And part of that amount is funding the home itself. Is that how it works? Yeah. The way we do it is it's, we do a $333 donation to come join us for the weekend. That includes all the construction materials and includes transportation down, accommodation, meals, everything. And we always offer scholarship spot. That's something that's really important to me because if if I, I don't ever want finances to be an obstacle, that's actually not just for our nonprofit trips, but any of our programs. If someone emails us and tells us, Hey, I'm going through this big, big financial hurdle. Uh, and this is an obstacle in front of me. And, and we, we, we find that to be the case. We always offer scholarship spots. So out of, for instance, this weekend, out of the 60 people that are coming with us, roughly 10%, about six of them come on scholarship spots. So at this point now we have donors and we have a fund set aside where we can provide people those scholarship spots. Mm-hmm. Do you make those people work like extra hard or anything? <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> what's, what's funny? What's funny is naturally, it, it's naturally. I find that the people that have that that feel like they're limited in their finances end up actually working like they they seem to be the most passionate. I sure, think sure. Back to this, like the people who go through the most adversity are are the strongest ones. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, All right. So you start building this community of people that initially is around building homes in Mexico. Did you start doing other things to get those people connected to one another or or pour into them in some way? We did. Uh, The natural thought was, well, you know, we're doing these every, every few months. How do we continue to, to keep everyone engaged? How do we create more um, opportunities for them to connect? So we started doing in-person events. We do these things called greatness gatherings where people get to come together um, locally. We have some business partners, um, Kurt Walker out in Las Vegas and Levi on Utah, where they're creating these communities in those areas. And we'll kind of build up little chapters. And these are free free gatherings, opportunities for people to come together and connect with like-minded people who are also passionate about making a difference. So not only did we start to create free local community events, but then we started branching out and uh, working with other impact partners in different parts of the world. Um, So we actually also did a trip to Vietnam and Cambodia, a trip to India, uh, to Nicaragua. We supported with opening a, a vocational school there. 
two hours north of Managua, a town called Hikaleo. And then we did our first trip to Kenya last year, and we're working on a children's home there. So we just started branching out as, as, as I think we started to develop more of a name for ourselves. We would have partner potential partner organizations reach out to us and ask if we were interested in working with them. So um, that's kind of the, the progression of, of what we've been able to build. And how much of the stickiness of the organization are those trips versus the local gatherings versus some sort of online connection? You know, where's the sticky factor? I would say it's a blend between the local in-person gatherings and the um, the house builds that we do. The house builds seem to be this anchor that, you know, people are get, and the fact that they're full months and months in advance, people get really, really excited for them. And what's, what's great, what I love seeing is the kind of community that's built, uh, beyond just us, right? The relationships that exist. We, we had our first house build marriage last year where two people that met on a house build got married. We've had business partnerships for them. We've had all kinds of really cool things happen. I mean, it's just natural, right? If you bring a lot of people who, are, who share the same values of wanting to make a difference and give back, you bring them together in, in a container like a weekend where you're serving. And you know, not only do we build the homes, but we, we feed 150 families. We uh, visit kids in an orphanage. We spend the afternoon with them. We pick up donations and drop them off for migrant uh, families and communities there. So, so it's a very impactful weekend that you can imagine you bring all those people together. So, you know, the community extends beyond just us and we really are doing our best. And um, I, I like that you're asking these questions because our focus, you know, for 2019 is how do we create even more community? How do we create more events, whether offline or online for our community to come and circle around? And how much of the programming when you're in Mexico or on these other trips is personal development related versus serving in the community related? 90, 10, serving 10 personal development. I sprinkle it in. Uh, and the reason I do that is I, I don't ever want it to be off-putting. Um, I, I, I know the transformation that happens just by being part of the experience. And for instance, David, you'll have to join us, but you know, when, when you or someone that's joining us comes down on Friday night, we do a, I, I lead this uh, a little bit of a facilitated discussion and we talk about purpose and, and passion and, and what we're here to do. And I have the feedback again, this is six and a half, seven years later, people are telling me that one conversation that I started spark them on this journey of following their purpose, because I'm a big believer in the quality of our life depends upon the quality of the questions that we ask ourselves. And so I simply ask the questions. We provide it in a container where people feel safe to share, whether it's something they do right away that trip or immediately after, or maybe it's six months or a year down the road. But the question, the seed is planted of, oh yeah, what is my purpose? What do I want to do in this lifetime that I'm blessed and grateful to have? So um, it's about 90-10 service to personal development. And then on the flip side, as far as the programs we offer uh, within the, once they're part of our community, those then would be probably flipped the other way, 90% of the personal and business development and then 10% service. We tie service into everything we do though. And so those services, I, I don't want to use it, we're using the word services now two different ways, but the things that you're offering them once they get connected are those things, are those ways that you're funding the organization? Is that how this is getting funded? 
Yeah, there's we have two arms to what we do. We have the nonprofit and we have the the revenue generating side. So so the nonprofit uh, is funded by private, both individual and corporate sponsors. So for instance, there's a great company in San Diego, Organifi. My friend Drew Canoli started an amazing company. They sponsored the last house build that we did, the second one. So now instead of building one home, I forgot to mention this to you that instead we used to build one home at a time. Now we build two every time because we have this abundance of sponsors and and both individual and corporate dollars coming through. So the nonprofit is solely funded by individual and corporate sponsors that come in. And of course, we funnel some of our proceeds from the revenue generating side over to the nonprofit as well. Now, the revenue generating side, the way that we make money doing that is through our masterminds and our retreats. Okay. All right. And and that you're saying is 90 plus percent personal development and business development. Exactly. Gotcha. And so when did you start doing those types of events? You know, you talked about, all right, you started doing the service projects in Mexico that you started getting people connected. When did you go, oh, now would be a good opportunity to offer a mastermind or some sort of retreat? How did that come about? Yeah, the retreats we've been running for a while, what I, what I did is, um, and this is, I think, an important question to ask ourselves constantly is, what do we really want? What are we, what are we passionate about? What do we feel like is ours that's here to do? And I've always been passionate about travel. The last year, for instance, I was gone seven months out of the year, not because I had to be, because I wanted to be with the kind of projects and, and everything that we were doing. Handstands. So well, handstands everywhere. Handstands hand around, around the world. That's right. Come on. If people don't, I don't even know if you're posting. <laughs> are you still posting out on Instagram? Because I found them on Tumblr everywhere. Oh yeah, yeah. They'll have to check out Instagram. In fact, I, I just came back from Australia a, a week ago, and I have a really cool one from the Opera House that I'm going to post here soon. <laughs> How many handstands have you done? You think in your entire life? Oh man, that's a tough. Including yoga classes, <laughs> thousands. We're, we're we're in the thousands. We're in the thousands. All right, keep going. My apologies. Uh, so travel so, is, travel is a passion for you. Yeah. So I I I've always been passionate about travel. I've been passionate about personal development. And so I, I, the retreats I've been running, uh, for about the same six years, you know, we did these trips to Mexico. And then in the times that we weren't doing them, I would take people to places like Bali, which is one of my favorite places in the world. Uh, Colombia, Nicaragua, we, we now tie in personal development with the service work on these retreats. And then about two years ago is when we started building out more of the programs and the mastermind. And specifically, you know, our, our flagship program is called Passion to Profit. And we help people start, we call it start a business that matters. So it's literally taking their passions and creating profit from it. So income and impact at the same time. So we walk them through step-by-step the ideation process, kind of the very, uh, it's a Silicon Valley approach. And I mean, like lean startup approach to starting a business from the ground up, going zero to launch. So that we've been doing for about two years now. All right, let's go back to now that I've interrogated you on how you've started this thing, because it's very (laughs) fascinating. And one of the reasons why I ask you all these questions, it's fascinating um, for our listeners is, you know, as I mentioned before we started recording, I started churches. And basically, you have started a church, minus Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? It's a community of people who are wanting to make a difference in the world, who are bringing this sense of love and purpose and a beauty. And I, I, yeah, I'm just so impressed. So fun to hear what you're doing. That's amazing. So this idea, you, you chose the word greatness, I assume for a reason, way back six, seven years ago. What does that word mean to you? Why is that so important to you? Well, 
as I mentioned, I studied psychology and one of the people you learn about early in psychology is a guy named Abraham Maslow, who talks about the hierarchy of needs. Most people are familiar with this idea of, if you can imagine a, a triangle or pyramid, at the very bottom are basic needs, you know, food, energy, water, shelter. Then you can start to move your way up, education, things like this. And at the very top, the peak of this pyramid or triangle is what he calls self-actualization. And he goes on to say that not only is there this desire, but he said there's a need for self-actualization, a need. He says, what one can be, one must be. That has always resonated very deeply with me because it's this idea of, you know, a, a poet must make poetry, an artist must paint, uh, a musician must make music. Like we must do what we're here to do. And so to me, greatness is actually getting clear on what we're here to do and then doing that thing. Not doing like uh, it, not doing what is someone else's to do, whether it's our parents or whether it's someone we respect and admire or, or who we think, you know, it's, it's, there's so many constructs and social constructs for us to try to follow and these narratives to play into. And yet if we just get quiet enough and, and really honestly ask ourselves, like, who am I meant to be? Like, what am I here to do? And then, and then passionately pursuing that. I mean, like relentlessly, unapologetically going after that. That to me is greatness, like, like on a daily basis. And it just aligns, you know, most people are familiar with Tony Robbins. He, he has, out of everything he shares, I think the most profound thing is three words. He says, progress equals happiness. And what I love about that, it's progress in the areas that's most meaningful to you. So just like I shared, greatness to me is making progress in the area that's meaningful to us, in the pursuit of actualizing our potential. That to me is greatness. Mm -hmm. And for everybody, there are so many different things that are meaningful to them. I mean, whether it's their family relationships or their physical bodies or making a difference in the world or even generating income. You know what I mean? Everybody's kind of got that different... Do you, do you see that as you're working with people um, that 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 purpose or passion shifts over the course of their life? You know, does it does it shift through different seasons, or do you see it more staying the same? Always changing. It's something I'm constantly checking in with on my on my own. This is just you, you know, even with everything that we're doing at Greatness Foundation now, this is what this is my purpose right now, and I have to be honest enough with myself that if that changes at some point to, to follow that. And I love how you mentioned that everyone has a very unique one. And it's not about sometimes going out and changing the world because I'll give you a perfect example. My mom, like who I, I love and respect and, and I think is the most amazing mom in the world. Most of us feel that way about our parents. Her, her world is, um, they have land up in Northern California and she takes care of the plants you know, the trees and the fruits and the vegetables and the animals. And then she has chickens, horses, goats, that thing. And she wakes up and, and she takes care of the animals and she takes care of the plants and she takes care of the land with so much love that, that you can feel how alive she is doing that. That's all she wants to do. And so that is her purpose. That's, that's what she's feels like she's here to do. And so it doesn't matter whether it's taking care of the land or being a teacher or running a foundation or creating a podcast, like whatever that thing is, we just need to passionately pursue it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Putting everything into it. How do you deal with um, people who go, man, I got bills to pay. 
you know, and I'm in a job where it is not passionate. Like it's paying the bills, but I'm dying here uh, and I'm stuck. I've got a mortgage. I've got two car payments. I've got kids in college, but you know, how do you deal with people in those situations? Yeah. I, I would say most people that I speak to are, are in that kind of situation. And I would say, first of all, in fact, just this morning spoke with someone who, who said that exact thing of oh, like, I, I'm passionate about these things, but, but look, I've got a mortgage and I've got these payments and I've got to take care of this. And, and by all means, take care of them. The first thing, in my opinion, that needs to happen is, is first a gratitude for that feeling that something feels off. I call it a divine discomfort. It's this, it's a mismatch between where we are in this moment and what we know we're capable of. So the fact that that feeling exists of you're capable of more, the fact that you're slightly discontent, great, great, because growth wouldn't happen. If you were totally content in, okay, well, I've got these bills to pay and I'm just going to do this thing that then you don't ever grow. You just stay in that, in what you're doing for the rest of your life. So Number one is, is be grateful for it. And number two, understand that it does not happen overnight, right? So it's not about leaving all of that and jumping into this other thing. Some people have the luxury of being able to do that, you know, whether they have savings or they have uh, a stability, some kind of net to catch them. Most people don't. And so it's this gradual transition. I mean, for me, it's a transition from what I was doing. I, I shared my, the first business I started was all revenue driven to now what I'm creating is, is you know, this blend of impact and income, it's taken, it's, it's been a gradual process. It's, you know, went from 99%, one thing, 1% the other to 90, 10, 80, 20, 70, 30. So it just slowly started to make the shift. It's so hard for people. I think even the, the weekend house builds, it seems like are a great stepping stone too for people to get a taste of, you know, maybe obviously building a house in Mexico may not be their passion, but they get to be around other people that have those similar desires and uh, they don't have to go leave their job to do that. They can spend a weekend with you and have this transformational experience and allow their minds to expand a bit. Um, do you find that people are finding their passions and purposes in Mexico? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And like you said, I, I, I talk about this when we do our conversation on Friday, that it's not about building homes. It's not about even doing projects with the Greatness Foundation. It's about having an experience that transforms you, that, 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 that wakens something inside of you, inspires you to go out and create what, what's yours to create. And it, we're, we're busy. We're, you know, we have responsibilities. We have commitments. But, but at the very least, everyone, everyone can do something. So even if it's, you know, if, if let's say people can't give up two and a half days to come on a trip to Mexico, you can give up an hour to go to uh, a local, you know, convalescent home. You can uh, give up an hour to volunteer your time a month, or you can't do an hour a month. You can do an hour every quarter, do something that puts you in that world, that gives you that experience, that, that surrounds you with those kinds of people and in those kinds of conversations, because Marcus Aurelius is one of my favorite people in history, famous Roman philosopher and emperor. And he has so many powerful quotes, but one of them that, that's always stuck with me is he says, the soul becomes dyed with the color of its thoughts. And for me, I'm always like, what, what am I thinking about? What, what kinds of things am I marinating my mind in? And so just by putting yourself in environments where you're thinking about impact and contribution or whatever is important to you more, just that alone changes your soul. Your soul changes colors based on the types of things you're putting in your mind. I see uh, younger people, let's just say teens and 20s, that maybe have this innate passion to make a difference in the world. 
And then I see people that are late 40s, 50s, 60s who have some sort of painful encounter in life that seem to have a shift to think about the world, you know, in a broader perspective. That's my experience. And, and I think we all have different painful encounters at different ages, but mid midlife, there's something like, oh, I've, I've, I've checked all the boxes. Like I've done all the things that I'm supposed to, I've had the family or whatever. Are you finding that, you know, kind of those two age categories, or do you find it just across all ages? You know what I mean? Help me, help me see what you're seeing in, in these thousands of people that you're interfacing with. Yeah. Well, the first thing I'll say is I I love how you address the the younger population because uh, our focus for 2019, actually on the nonprofit side, is actually to bring this kind of education, mindfulness, purpose, entrepreneurship to high schools. We already have uh, verbal commitments. This is a very new program. We're calling it the Do Great Things Project. And everything we're teaching and have been teaching to adults. And for instance, the experience of the, the weekend in Mexico, the kinds of things we talk about that... They may not be able to come with us. Some of them do, but we're, we're teaching that to them at the high school level. It's the kind of classes I know I wish I had. And everyone that we talk to about this program goes, oh my gosh, I wish I had that class. You know, asking the questions about purpose, mindfulness, entrepreneurship. So, so yes to that. That, that I think it's a more uh, broad conversation. That's, it, it's, it's a more of a mainstream conversation that's happening now. And this is why I love formats like this, podcasts, videos, content, books, Netflix documentaries. We, we have so many resources to access and more people are talking about it. What I love is people who have platforms, right? These celebrities and, and music and, and, and actors and actresses and people are talking about it more. And so just by starting the conversation, more people are starting to think about it. And then to your second point, there is unfortunately a bit of the older population that's this very rigid in their thinking. They, they may have been jaded. They, they've almost been hardened by the world in some way. Maybe they tried uh, pursuing their passion at one point and it didn't work out and they go, well, it's not meant to be. But here's, here's the unfortunate reality, David. And this is, um, if there's a take-home message for this entire conversation, it's this. Dr. Bronnie Ware studied patients in the last eight weeks of life. Australian palliative care nurse. Um, I've given many talks uh, on stages about this particular topic. Studied hundreds of patients in their last eight weeks of life. And she asked them, what are your biggest regrets? And the number one regret of the dying, people that are on their deathbed, where a tremendous amount of clarity and wisdom and truth comes from, the number one regret was I'd wish I had had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. So are, sometimes is an older population a little bit hardened and jaded? Yes. But guess what? Unfortunately, they're ending up on their deathbed wishing they'd had the courage to live a life true to themselves. So I, I'm not waiting until my deathbed to wish that I had lived a life dr- different. I'm doing it right now. And I'm hopefully through what we're creating at the Greatness Foundation and having conversations like this, hopefully showing other people, hey, do not wait until your deathbed because that would be the worst feeling in the world is to be there thinking and wishing you had done something different. So yeah. I'm just going to, I'm going to pursue it now. It doesn't matter how many times I fall down. I'm, I'm, I'm following this journey that's mine to follow. I love it. I love it. Both of our kids, my kids are 19 and 16 now, but they've both been to India and served in remote villages. They've been to Nicaragua, Dominican Republic, Mexico, just because we wanted them to be uh, exposed to another way of living other than Orange County, California, 
We wanted them to expose to the challenges of the world and how they can make a difference in not just there, but around the globe, expand their thinking. You know, kids, the kids I find uh, want that, like they're, they're ready for it. They're excited about those opportunities. So I think you'll have huge success in the high schools that you go into. Thanks, David. You and I, are, we're like the same person. My son is 14 uh, and he's been on every single house build we've done every three months for the last seven years. And he's, wow. uh, he's come, same thing, uh, Vietnam, Cambodia, Nicaragua. I mean, uh, and, and we never know, the, just like with adults, we don't know the impact it's going to have. We just know that it's planting a seed. And so however it shows up in his life, I just know he's, a, he's going to be a better human being for having those experiences. Because yeah, you live in Orange County. I live in San Diego. We live these really blessed lives that it's not even the 1%. It's like the 1% of the 1% of people that get to experience life like this. And I believe it's not ours to take for granted. I believe we, we are blessed with these resources in order to share them with others. Like, this is not for me to hold on to and say, oh, it's just mine. No, like, I, I, oh, I have a platform. I have a podcast. We have a community. Oh, I'm going to put that to use. I'm going to put it to work and share a message. All right. So if people live, well, I guess they could go to Mexico with you no matter where they live. They could fly into San Diego and go with you. I mean, Out of the 60 people, about 10 of them are flying in. Two or three are flying internationally. And yeah, people all the time. Out of control. All right. So uh, what's the best way for people to get in contact with you? And obviously, we'll put all your websites and social media and everything in the show notes. But what would be the best next step for them? Well, if they're interested in anything we're doing at Greatness Foundation, if you just Google Greatness Foundation or go to greatness.ngo or um, thegreatnessfoundation.com, any of those are great. Um, uh, I, I post a lot of stories on my personal Instagram. And so it's just Mike Sherbakov. And, um, I don't, I don't do that many posts, posts, you know? Um, but as far as the stories go, I like to share, I mean, even this weekend, I'll probably have, you know, have full story. So I, I like that story feature because people get to just follow along on what's happening real time. Um, so that's, that's exciting. That's probably the best way they can always contact me through the website as well. And what's amazing is for $333, you're basically getting, uh, to help build a house for somebody who desperately needs one and a transformational life experience. That is like nothing. That's pennies. Like, that's awesome. Thanks, David. And, and again, it, it can also be free. Like if someone that's listening or watching says, oh my gosh, I really want to go, you know, finances are an obstacle, email me and you're coming for free. Like that will make that happen. So, um, you know, it's just, there, there's really nothing stopping anyone from an experience like this or anything uh, other than them, other than them, them saying one day. And my question is, are you going to keep saying one day or are you going to make it day one? Are you going to keep saying one day or are you going to make it day one? That is a question for all of us. Super powerful. To connect with Mike and his work, visit thegreatnessfoundation.com. That's thegreatnessfoundation.com. Or you can check out our show notes on your phone or go to insporising.com, our website, and you can find all the links on his episode there. I want you to know that I am committed to helping you get unstuck, getting clear about what you really want in life, and taking your life to the next level. And one of the ways that I'm doing that is through the Launch Your Life online coaching program that you can access from anywhere in the world. We'll be starting another eight-week session in September of 2019. Of course, if you're listening to this, you can go to the website and get on the waiting list 
right now. You do not want to miss the next time that we open this up. It's insporising.com forward slash launch. I-N-S-P-O rising.com forward slash launch. All right. So don't wait to do something great. And I believe that you want to do something great and you can do something great with your life. So we'll talk to you next time.